0: The reason why inner child healing is so powerful is because it allows you to see yourself as the purest part of who you are. The inner child can be particularly wounded when you were so free, so loving, so at peace, so in your joy, in your childlike sense of wonder, and that was ripped from you. Maybe you grew up too fast, maybe you didn't get much of a childhood, maybe as a child you weren't allowed to be free or you weren't allowed to use your voice and you had to hide who you were. In one way shape or another there was a very harsh truth that came in and sat at your doorstep and told you that it was time to grow up and it was time to start being who you were not it was time to start pretending we are those little kids trapped inside of adult bodies and we are bandaged up from layers and layers and layers of pretending to be someone who we are not And that is why inner child healing is so important, because it shows you who you really are and who you left in the dust when you thought you had to because you were in too much pain. And inner child healing starts when you realize that you actually don't need to abandon that part of yourself, and that abandoning that part of yourself will always keep you in that pain. But you're awakening already right it's already happening that's why you're here and why you're listening nothing is broken in your world nothing needs to be changed nothing needs to be different and yet everything is constantly changing because it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal what i've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not if you spend your whole life trying to get your act together then then what do you have you have an act right instead of a life Hello, welcome back to Figuring Shit Out. I am Vanessa Fontana. I am your host. For those of you who are returning, welcome back. And for those of you who are just listening, welcome. Figuring Shit Out is an undertaking of self help, discovery, healing, and learning how to enjoy your life now and not wait for some presupposed notion of the future, how to connect with all parts of yourself and love yourself wholly. So if you're new here, Welcome. I've actually never done an introduction like that on the show, but I figure 21 episodes in and whoever may be new here may want a little bit of an introduction. I've had a lot on my mind around shadow work and inner child healing, and I think approaching this topic has been really daunting for me. And I've wanted to make this like really beautiful episode around shadow work and inner child healing, but I think that the best way to do this to where it's digestible is to do it in a mini series and approach it from an angle of really dipping your feet in. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, my second episode is all about inner child healing and shadow work. And I haven't listened to it in a very long time, probably not since I posted it four months ago. Um, And I do think that the audio in that episode isn't really that great, but that episode really was special to me and I think resonated with a lot of other people. And I know that inner child healing and that shadow work aspect of ourselves is something that is really challenging to know how to approach. And so what I'm going to do on this episode is kind of give you a very brief overview of what inner child healing truly is and what it can do for you and also speak to my experience of what inner child healing has done for me if you tend to look back on previous versions of yourself maybe five years ago two years ago one year ago and cringe at who you used to be or get really embarrassed about the things that you used to say or the things that you used to do if you tend to hold some shame about who you were in the past I want you to know that it is normal, but it is not serving and it is not helping you. Because every time that you judge a past version of who you are, you are judging the child in your heart. You are judging every version of who you are. Every time you look in the mirror and you judge yourself today, you judge all parts of yourself, you reject yourself. And The reason why inner child healing is so powerful is because it allows you to see yourself as the purest part of who you are. Your inner child was deeply unconscious, right? It is a version of you that was free and that expressed themselves as they were. It was a version of you that at your most natural core was you. And in order to truly learn how to accept yourself you must be reacquainted with that inner child. You must be reacquainted with that notion of purity and that notion of what it was like to be who you were before you considered what other people would think about who you were, before you were considered in the eyes of the world, or before you experienced pain, or before you even knew that it was pain when you were experiencing it. And for many of us who embark on the discovery of healing, it can be really challenging to go back and revisit our childhood because much of our childhoods were filled with a lot of very sticky and muddy reflections of maybe the pain in the world around us. Maybe you grew up too fast. Maybe you didn't get much of a childhood. Maybe as a child, you weren't allowed to be free or you weren't allowed to use your voice and you had to hide who you were and it affected all parts of who you are today. Or maybe you did have a a childhood, but then in your adolescence or teenage years, as most of us do when we enter middle school or high school, you started to see yourself in the eyes of the world and reject this child that is inside of you, is inside of your heart. Inner child healing is so powerful because it's really the part of us that is always there. It has been absorbing and attempting to process events and emotions and trauma when All of those things were first ingrained in us in the first place. Your environment, the colors of your world when you grew up all play a part in how your inner child is formed and they all have an effect on who you are today as a young adult or as an adult. And so learning about how you processed emotions when you were young, how you dealt with situations, how your mental health may have declined as you got older and The way that you treat others, the things that trigger you, all of that is really sourced from that child inside of you. Our inner child is who we are at our core, and it's extremely important into understanding ourselves, into understanding what brings us joy, what brings us creativity, and it is a core part of our unconscious being, which is a core part of our shadow work. And shadow work is a process by which you make the unconscious parts of yourself conscious and you heal through them. Carl Jung, who is the father of shadow work, says that until you make the unconscious conscious, you will be ruled by it and you will call it fate. So until you are able to see the parts of yourself that are determined by the unconscious, unhealed parts of your inner child or how you grew up, that will run your life and you will make mistakes and not know why you will be triggered and not know why, you will likely have a large sense of shame for why you are the way that you are. And I know this all too well because I had this for quite a long time. The reason that your inner child is so important is because it is the first nascent of you experiencing any type of pain, honestly. When you're a child and you look at the world with a childlike wonder, a curiosity, a joy in your being, and a novelty to everything. It is exceptionally memorable the first time you ever felt fear. It's exceptionally memorable the first time you ever felt pain, the first time you ever felt shame, the first time you ever felt like something that you were doing that was out of the natural instinct of your own heart may have been wrong to do. In your childlike wonder, we are essentially conditioned into the environment around us and told what is okay and what is not okay. And of course, this is natural when it comes to being in certain situations and settings, there's a certain way to act, there is a certain properness of which we are supposed to be, whether you agree with those notions or not. But the inner child can be particularly wounded when you were so free, so loving, so at peace, so in your joy, in your childlike sense of wonder, and that was ripped from you. In one way, shape, or another, there was a very harsh truth that came in and sat at your doorstep and told you that it was time to grow up and it was time to start being who you were not. It was time to start pretending. And so going back to those first moments of pain when you didn't really even know what that pain was about or what it was for, you didn't understand so much, but all you did was feel it. All you did was know that something was not right, not normal. It is a tool, truly, to help you connect and to heal and to really bring that into who you are today. Because I think a lot of us are finding that in the freedom that we're searching for and in the healing that we're searching for, what we really want is to just be as we are. And we want to learn how to accept ourselves as we are. And we don't want the pervasiveness of our traumas or the things that have hurt us to bring us into a sense of darkness. We don't want that. And that's why we're here. And that's why we choose to heal. And that's why we choose to revisit the things that may not be so fun to revisit because we know that that is where it's all stored. And when you have a... Deep rooted pain that is stored inside of your body and your soul, it's really hard to move past it. And you need to let go. You need to let go of that pain. You need to be able to move on. You need to stop identifying with it. You need to realize that forgiveness to your parents or forgiveness to the people who maybe didn't protect you when they were supposed to, who didn't empower you when they were supposed to, that forgiveness is not forgiveness for the sake of your parents' happiness. That forgiveness is for yourself and you set yourself free by forgiving other people, but we can try all we want to forgive and forgive. But if we don't really heal these parts of ourselves, if we don't try to connect with that child inside of us, we will truly never accept who we are. And so I want to start by asking a couple of questions that I want you to sit with. And I want you to first picture your inner child. Something that I do is I actually have pictures of my little childhood self, little Vanessa all around my room. And I like to put them on my mirrors because I had a Long history, as most women do, and as most of us do, of being very critical of myself and the way that I looked. And in my inner child healing, I really bridged the gap between who I am today and who my inner child is. I feel very connected to her. I feel a deep sense of protection over her, a deep sense of wanting to honor her, wanting to parent her, wanting to keep her safe, because that is the part of me that for so long felt abandoned by the world and in order to do that i need to treat myself today well i need to speak to myself today well because when you start to heal this inner child when you start to see them as a figment of who you truly are connected to you as you but also a certain figment of time truly you know your inner child lives and exists in their childhood brain. They didn't know what they didn't know, and there's a certain resonance when you think about them as if you were your own parent, as if you were yourself meeting that childhood version of yourself and getting a chance to see the way that you were before the world disturbed you. And so there's a real sense of connection that you can find to this inner child and I've found that. And the reason for the pictures in my room is because whenever I say something critical to myself and I look in the mirror, I need to be able to also say that to my inner child. (laughs) And if I can't say that to the little girl in the mirror, then I shouldn't say that to the 23-year-old girl who I see in the mirror. And that is really the way that I have learned to treat myself in the moments where I am feeling a lot of emotion. I have learned how to allow myself to feel it, how to talk to myself as if I was a child, how to take care of myself as if I was a child. Is this the best thing for the child in my heart? And is this the best thing for who I would want to be to her? And so I want you to think about your inner child. I want you to get out a picture if you have one or get a picture in your head if you have one. And for a minute, just picture them. Doesn't have to be a certain age, but just picture them. And whatever image comes to mind for you, stick with that. Trust it. It came up for a reason. Trust it. I want you to look at them. Take a deep breath. And look at them. Observe how they are, the way that they are being. And ask them, what is it that you need? What is it that makes you happy? What makes you feel loved and secure? And what was your first memory of feeling rejected, feeling alone? When did you start putting up walls around your heart? And what did it feel like before you had them there? And I know that that's a lot of questions, but I just want you to sit with these things as you have the image of your inner child. And I don't want you to do anything, right? Like, don't go and journal about all of this, but just start thinking about that version of you. What did they like to do? What did they find joy in? I have this image of my inner child and... I used to love the act of performing and I would in the mornings while my mom was asleep and my sister was at school and I was too young to be in school, I would set up all my stuffed animals and I would put them in chairs and I would sing and dance for them and I would perform for them. And I remember always loving to be in the spotlight and always loving to be in front of a camera. And I had all of this really beautiful, like bright beaming energy all around me all the time when I was young. And it's so interesting because the thing that I loved when I was young was the thing that I became so scared of doing as I got older. And it was the thing that I hid as I got older, this wanting to be in the spotlight, this being around people, this interacting with people, this being connected to people. It was, those were the things that I was so good at naturally as a child, but through the pain that I had experienced, those were the things that I ended up bandaging and hiding and the parts of myself that I actually ended up rejecting. And I think to be sitting here today and to have a platform or a podcast, or really be able to put myself into the world and have that sense of Confidence in honoring the part of me that wants to do that is a huge part of my inner child healing. It's honoring my inner child because the things that I loved to do when I was a kid were the things that I ended up abandoning when I went through pain as a kid. It was the parts of myself that I ended up rejecting. And I think you'll find that the things that you used to love when you were a kid, the times when you stopped doing them, you know, asking yourself what was happening in your family during those times, what was your environment during those times? When did you feel rejected for the first time, truly? Or what did that feel like when you were a kid and you were told it's not okay to do that and you wanted to please your parents or you wanted to please the world around you and so you hid your natural instincts? And what we find so often of the time is that as we grow into adults... We are those little kids trapped inside of adult bodies and we are bandaged up from layers and layers and layers of pretending to be someone who we are not. And that is why inner child healing is so important because it shows you who you really are and who you left in the dust when you thought you had to because you were in too much pain. And inner child healing starts when you realize that you actually don't need to abandon that part of yourself and that abandoning that part of yourself will always keep you in that pain. And so the first foundation step to this, this podcast miniseries on inner child healing, I want to break it down into these digestible parts so that you have a framework to approach this. I am undergoing EMDR therapy, which I've talked about before. And EMDR therapy is so helpful for inner child healing because it really sources the pain and where it came from when it started how you felt in the moment and you're able to really reprocess it EMDR is extremely intense and i wouldn't recommend it for everyone who hasn't gone through therapy like regular talk therapy first just because it does resurface a lot of memories and you have to be very comfortable feeling things and Talking through those feelings. And even for me, as someone who is able to get myself to a place of visualization and dropping in, it took quite a while for me to really not dissociate from the words that I was saying because I had been in talk therapy for so long that I was so used to talking about trauma and not actually feeling anything when I was talking about it that I had to relearn how to actually experience the feelings of these memories so that I could process them. But EMDR is really helpful for inner child healing. And it is a really great method of being able to revisit those parts of yourself that you may have abandoned when you were very young and the real early memories of your shaped experience as a human being. And I'm gonna be sort of taking some of the things that I've learned from EMDR and applying them here because EMDR is, like I said, quite an intense form of therapy. I've talked about it before, but essentially it is piecing together the left and right parts of your brain to reprocess traumatic events because trauma is stored in only one part of your brain. And by staring at a screen with a red dot that moves back and forth or by having a bilateral stimulation in both of your hands, there's many different applications and methods for it. But essentially what it does is you are thinking about something that you have gone through and you are feeling the experience of it and through feeling the experience of it and having a bilateral stimulation, you're able to process it and you're able to almost go into this state of allowing things to surface that you were not able to connect to before. And before you actually start the EMDR therapy, like you have several sessions with a therapist, they need an understanding of your background, your history, all of those things. And I really do feel like I found EMDR at the right time. I looked for a therapist for about a year and it just wasn't working out. And then I found someone who I really, really trust now. And um, I think it was perfectly positioned to be at the right time. I don't think I really was strong enough to handle that type of therapy uh, about a year ago. I have had a lot of intense experiences with EMDR. It's just a very heavy experience that is extremely rewarding But at the same time is, I think, well positioned if you have had some inner child healing already, if you are well acquainted with your inner child, if you have a picture of them in your mind. And so being able to kind of go from my initial stages of inner child healing to this point, being an EMDR and like truly, truly processing and healing these things, I feel like there is a really good framework that I'm able to articulate in terms of how do you even get started with this type of shadow work or with this type of inner child healing. And I think when we talk about shadow work and we talk about uncovering the unconscious parts of ourselves, we have no choice but to go back to our most youngest self, our most pure self, our most impressionable self, which is our inner child. And so much of the time, our pain comes from being a child and not being validated in our pain or in our experience and thus we feel forced to maybe hide it and so through healing your inner child you validate your inner child and you validate the experiences that you had and you really are able to show up for yourself you're able to show up for that part of you but also show up for who you are today because you heal them so that you can heal yourself heal yourself now and when I mentioned earlier that if you tend to cringe at past versions of who you were or reject past versions of who you were, you are not just rejecting the 15-year-old self or the 19-year-old self or whatever age that you tend to look back on and be like, ugh, hated that look, hated that girl, why was I like that whatever age that you do that whenever you look at pictures or a picture comes up and you start judging your younger self in any way shape or form you're rejecting your younger self I have made a pact to not speak badly about any version of myself ever I don't care if I was 14 and I plucked my eyebrows to the gods above and I looked a whole mess I don't care I don't care if no one has her back I have to have her back And no one had her back and I need to have her back, which means that I need to have every version of myself's back. I need to support every version of myself that ever was because when you see your inner child and you validate your inner child and you realize that you were just a child and you didn't ask for the experiences that you had handed to you and maybe your needs were not fulfilled and maybe there is a gaping hole in your heart because of those needs not being fulfilled – you carry that with you through every experience you ever have years after the fact. And so when I'm 15 and I'm rebelling in all of these various ways and I am cringing at the way that my voice sounded or the things that I was saying, at this point in my healing and at this point in my life, I cannot even imagine looking at that 15-year-old girl and shaking my head because Why would I reject her when she already felt so rejected? And I look at those versions of myself and I know how much pain I was experiencing, but I know that I didn't know what to do with it. And so the first step really, before you even start picturing the image of that pure sense of self is every time you feel that urge to be self-critical about who you are today or who you used to be, it's time to stop if you don't have your back, no one else is going to have your back. If you don't advocate for yourself, no one else is going to advocate for you. You need to know that you are as you are deserving of respect, deserving of love, deserving of kindness, deserving of beautiful, wonderful experiences. And the way that you treat yourself is all that you show the world that you are worthy of being treated as. And if you don't treat yourself well, you're not going to attract experiences that treat you well. You're not going to attract people who treat you well. It starts with you. It always, 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 always starts with you. And the way that you can start having some of that kindness to yourself, that generosity of your experience is by picturing this little kid inside of your mind. They didn't do anything wrong. They just popped right out of the womb. They came into the earth and they didn't ask to be born. And it is your job now as a self-responsible young adult or adult to honor them, to heal the parts of them that weren't nurtured, that weren't loved, that weren't accepted, and go back and tell them that it's okay to be who you are. It really is okay. And so start with that image of them, whatever it is. And whatever you first thought of when I mentioned think about your inner child, it's probably really important whatever popped into your head it's probably really relevant to who you were or what your experience was hold that image and look into the eyes of your inner child and just connect with them and tell them it's okay and tell them that they're loved and tell them that they're deserving tell them that they are allowed to be who they are and that you're going to start taking care of them and then ask them what they need if you've been wanting to learn a new language because you want to pick up a new skill or hobby, then Rosetta Stone is for you. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop and also can be used as an app on your phone. Rosetta Stone teaches through immersion. Instead of memorizing and drilling vocabulary words into your head, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, and participating in dialogues. There are no English translations in the product, so you're getting trained to listen, speak, read, write, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Chinese, Chinese. Korean, Japanese, and even Dutch, and offers a lifetime membership, so you can buy the program now and get forever access to all the lessons for the languages, and literally never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Figuring Out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit RosettaStone.com/today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at RosettaStone.com/today. Those questions that I asked before about the first time you ever experienced rejection or what it felt like when you were secure or loved. If you feel a calling to journal about it, if you feel a calling to sit with those things and connect with your inner child and just see what comes up for you. And if you have a hard time trusting in a meditative experience and like really trusting how to listen to that intuitive part of you, just try to listen to what comes up don't judge it and don't be like that's not true or that's wrong you will know you will intuitively know when you ask yourself a question what the answer to that question is and your inner child lives inside of you you are them they are you and they want you to be there for them before you really start uncovering the darkness of your shadow you need to have a true sense of love for who you once were and it has to be with the honest intention to connect to the deepest part of who you are the purest part of who you are beyond all of the pain in order to forgive and in order to overcome it in order to really let it go you have to go back you got to go back to when you were just a kid And you were so pure and so untouched by the world and connect with that part of you because that's the part that you want to reignite, you want to redeem, you want to revitalize into the earth. You want to honor that part of you and in learning how to heal yourself without judging yourself. We can go back and look at patterns of who we were when maybe we weren't at our best. And if we don't have a compassion for ourselves to say, I was in pain and I didn't know any better and I forgive myself for this, then it's going to perpetuate a lot more self-hatred. And to be able to spot the patterns in your relationships and to see the types of people that you've attracted into your life who have perpetuated the pain that maybe you were very familiar with at a young age then you need to understand what happened at a young age so it starts here and this series that I want to do it may not be in order specifically but to start igniting that inner child and to start really living through whoever they are and I think reference an inner child a lot in my podcasts. And so if we can have that image of that purest part of who we are and really start to acquaint with them, then we can start to do the work it takes to heal them and to see them and to validate them. So my inner child healing started pretty unexpectedly when I realized that I needed to heal my inner child at all. I think I always felt a strong acquaintanceship with my inner child, and I always felt very connected to that version of who I was, but I didn't realize how much I wasn't honoring her and how much I wasn't treating her very well by rejecting all the parts of myself. I didn't realize how much healing I had to actually do until I moved to New York City when I was 21, and I moved to New York with this dream of being here, and since I was young, since I was seven or eight years old, I had this infatuation with New York City and I didn't know why, but I always felt called to New York and I always knew that this place was going to be my home and it always felt like my home in some way and it has truly become that for me. When I got here, I was 21 and I was going through a lot in my life, a lot was fragmenting when I got here and it's that classic graduates from college, embarking on the life, really realizing the first true dream I've ever had. And my moving here was not very graceful. I was driving on the George Washington Bridge in the passenger seat, looking at the skyline of New York City, and there were tears in my eyes, but there were not tears in my eyes because I was so happy to be here. There were tears in my eyes because I was in a very unhealthy relationship that was eclipsing the entire experience of moving to New York. And I get into my apartment. All my stuff is just completely everywhere. And I remember standing in my kitchen. I have a video of this, actually. So maybe I'll post it and you guys can see exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm standing in my kitchen with all of my things, all of my belongings, everything that I own. And it was the first time that I was truly, truly on my own. Like First time I was truly not Anywhere where there was a plan. It's like I'm an adult. I have a job. I have to pay bills. I am completely dependent on no one but myself. And my roommate at the time was not staying at the apartment for the first couple of days. So it was just me. And I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm just like crying. And I'm questioning how I'm home I'm like how is this home I don't know anyone here I don't have anyone here there was no one within a three mile radius that I could pick up and call it was the weirdest and oddest feeling of realizing this dream that I had for so long and then getting to where I was and being like oh I don't know what I'm doing and feeling so lost and confused and feeling so small And I will do an entire episode on my story of moving to New York City and what New York City has taught me. And I really want to incorporate New York more into my podcast because it is so much of the environment of which I'm learning in and growing in and so much to do with what I'm learning. And I really want to honor that part of it and also make videos in the landscape of New York City, like video podcasts in the landscape of New York And I want to take advantage of being here because I love this place and it's taught me so much. And to think about that 21-year-old girl in the kitchen crying with all of her stuff around her, to me now, I think that that evolution is a lot to do with the environment of this place. And I want to speak a lot more to that and I will. But the point of this is when I moved here at 21, I had so many unhealed parts of myself and I had started my healing journey. I'd started my spiritual awakening, but I moved here and just realized how small I truly felt and how strong I needed to be in order to survive. And so the first year of living here was really a lot of fucking up and making decisions that I truly felt for the first time in my life were decisions that I was making for me because I could make them and because for the first time I was truly on my own. And it was a lot of failing and it was a lot of figuring shit out no pun intended but in that time I was evaluating so much of my life and being in that apartment and really feeling that true emptiness in the moment where I thought I would feel such fullness in the moment where I was truly realizing my dream that night I slept in my first room in New York City and I slept on an air mattress and I was alone and I was so scared And I was so sad because I had this relationship that was falling apart in the background. I was so confused. All I wanted was my mom and all I wanted was my parents truly and I think that moving here on my own and also doing so much in my life on my own and being so self-sufficient for so long because I had to be when I was young was something that I realized how much pain I had around when I moved to New York because even in college like anytime I would move from place to place my parents didn't help me, like they weren't really around and they couldn't really be around. And my dad did help me move into my college dorm my freshman year. But after that, I was kind of on my own. And I do remember always feeling this sadness and watching other people's parents come to visit them and parents come to help them move places. And I always had this independence that I needed to have. And it was always kind of up to me. And this is by no means like a pity party of any sort. But when I moved to New York, I really, really wished my parents were there. And I really wished that they were part of it, especially my dad, because my dad is originally from New York. And he was so much of my desire to be here that moving here without him and kind of doing it by myself was really a weird experience and I had so much sadness about the fact that I had to do it by myself and the fact that at the time in the relationship that I was in there wasn't a lot of support and I felt very weird asking for help and needing help and at the same time I wanted it and so there was just always this trope that I had of not wanting to be self-sufficient but having to be and when I got to New York I really felt the True burden and weight of that when I realized that I'm really on my own here, and there's like no one that I know. There's like no one I can call. Like everyone who I truly know and think of as family and friends are miles and miles away. And my roommate, who we were really good friends at the time, she wasn't really around. So it was a humbling experience. And that night, I slept on the air mattress and I had my I had my childhood stuffed animal with me and I had crystals under my pillow and I had my journal next to my head and I didn't sleep very well, but I remember knowing that I needed to be sleeping there by myself with no one around. I needed to prove to myself that I could do it because I was so scared of sleeping there by myself alone and I needed to know that I was strong enough to get to the next day. Because when I moved here, it was like, I just need to get from one day to the next. And I think that that night, holding my stuffed animal and realizing that I was on my own in a way that I had never been before and that I did have support around me. It wasn't like I didn't have friends or didn't have family who loved me, but they weren't really connected to the experience that I was having. That was a very isolated experience that I needed to have on my own. That was what I was going through. And I needed to really learn how to take care of myself in those moments. I had to face myself. I had to sit with myself. I had to really look at where I was at because there was no other backup plan. Like I was here It wasn't like I'm in college and I'm waiting for the next thing or this is just a plan in between plans. Like, no, this is what I've dreamed of my whole life and now I'm here. And it's like, what the fuck do I do with this shit now? And in my first year of living here, it was transformative. It was painful. It was incredible. It was a multitude of beauty and experience that shaped me into a stronger, more gracious version of myself and acquainted me with my inner child and really gave me the grounds to know that protecting her was my priority and honoring her was my priority. And the way that it really happened after that first night when I held my stuffed animal and I was in my apartment alone, I felt that sense of childlike wonder in my heart like I felt that fear that I felt as a child of being alone and I felt that fear I had as a child when I had to do things by myself and I didn't want to and I wanted someone to hold my hand and they weren't there and I felt this need to really show up for myself the way that I wanted other people to show up for me but they weren't around to do so and so it was this sense of it's my responsibility. This is my responsibility now. I need to be there for myself because looking around at this big, bright city, no one's going to do it for me. And I can't trust or depend on or expect that anyone will ever be able to hold my heart the way that I can. And so I need to learn how. And I don't think I, I really consciously felt that, but I know that that is what that experience was for me in the moment was, okay, it's up to me now this is on me now. And that type of responsibility and that type of isolation will either drive you into more perpetuation of your own pain, or it will be the vantage point which you leap off of into your own evolution. And sometimes you need to go deeper into your own pain in order to get there. But when you have those moments and you hit that type of rock bottom, and I wouldn't say that moving to New York City was my rock bottom, but it was truly, I think, the point at which I took full responsibility for my own life and I knew that it was up to me and I knew that my happiness was my own and I knew that if I was going to survive in this place and if I was going to be happy in this place and if I was going to honor the part of me that grew up wanting to be here I needed to start that process of healing and I needed to start having my own back and start taking care of myself in a way that I hadn't truly done before. A big part of that healing was noticing the patterns in my relationships that I was bringing into my adult life that I didn't want to carry anymore and it's so much more than just deciding that you don't want to carry it anymore. The decision is the first step. The decision to change, the decision that you want more for yourself, that you want better for yourself is the first step. It's the acknowledgement that you are where you are and you want growth from it. But then there's all the things you have to do to unlearn the patterns of behavior that have been so ingrained into who you are. And that means going back and revisiting your inner child. And I had quite a abandonment wound from my mom and i really started to realize how much this was affecting my growth and my sense of inability to grow and i did this without even really realizing that i was doing inner child healing but i wrote a letter to my mom from my inner child self and i truly tapped into how i felt about my mom when i was a child and The ways in which I felt so confused and in the ways I felt pain and I couldn't maybe articulate or describe it. And it was really healing because I was able to give a voice to this part of myself that was so confused and in so much pain and also allow myself to feel those feelings. And after I had done this, I remember listening to some voicemails that she had left me and it was voicemails on my birthday and for a large part of my life my mom wasn't physically present she wasn't really around and I harbored a lot of anger towards her at the time for it and it was all part of that inner child confusion that I was feeling from a young age that perpetuated into my adolescence and it was something that I never really addressed until I got older. And I had to address how much that really hurt me and how much that really impacted and affected me. And these voicemails, she had left for me on my birthday, my 15th birthday. And I remember being 15 and listening to them and feeling this sense of emptiness and this sense of, why aren't you here? Like, and I know that my mom is listening to this. So I'm sorry if this is painful for you to hear but it is fully possible to forgive someone particularly your parents forgive your parents for what they didn't know and for the things that they tried their best to do but had their own shortcomings and everyone has shortcomings so it's not a sense of blame and it's not a sense of pointing the finger but it is something that I'm learning how to do being honest about my own experience and validating my own experience without the fear of feeling guilty for speaking about it because I know that it's painful for other people to hear, primarily, especially the people in my life, like my mom, who I love very deeply, have forgiven, have worked through a lot of this, but at the same time, to not speak about the weight of what that experience did in my life Would be an act of self abandonment and it would be an act of not validating it. And I think that there is a really important thing to be learned in your truth. And it's not pointing the finger, it's not blaming, it's not an act of unforgiveness, but it's the acknowledgement that something happened and it affected you and it made you into who you are and it made you into the versions of yourself that may have abandoned. Who you are, and it's important to acknowledge it, and it's important to be able to speak that truth. And so that's where I'm really at with all of it. And so, this time in my life where I felt that real wound that I had as a child, and it had carried on through my experience as a teenager and my experience as a young adult, I Addressed it by writing this letter to her as my 15 year old self. And then I wrote a letter to my childhood self. I wrote a letter to my 15 year old self. And I didn't even realize at the time that I was doing this inner child healing, but it was a really beautiful experience because I really acknowledged the pain that I felt and I acknowledged that I wanted more and that not getting it was painful. And I needed to truly recognize that pain and feel it in order to heal from it. And that was really the beginning of that inner child healing for me. And I remember that night so vividly because it was kind of when I had first moved into my apartment, maybe a couple months after, and I had realized how wounded this inner child was because I hadn't even really tried to start this inner child healing. I just found these voicemails in my phone and it triggered something for me where I really was brought back to my 15 year old self. And so inner child healing isn't always about like the three year old, four year old, five year old version of you, it is all parts of you. And it is all parts of that inner child, that wounded inner child specifically that is active in the moments of your pain. And if I think about the moments of My pain specifically, it was when I was 14 through 17. It was like those impressionable years where I hid so much from the world and I had this very painful internal experience that I didn't know what to do with. But my only objective was to get out of the place that I grew up so that I could escape it. And you realize after running for so long that you just can't run anymore. And I really thought that New York City would just solve all my problems but really it just showed all of them to me and when you escape for so long and you run for so long there is a point where you just can't run anymore and moving to New York looking around me and realizing that okay it's really up to me now like this is real and this is not what I thought it would be was my moment of responsibility. And I think even after that, I I tried to run for some time, but if you, if you run, it'll chase you. And I think that's why it's so important to address as soon as you can and start developing that compassion for yourself now, because it will be used in your journey of healing and it will always be what you go back to. And that child will never leave you. And that child is always asking for the things that lacked in the environment around them that child is yearning to be seen to be heard to be validated and it is no one's job but your job to see here and validate them no matter how much you want to point the finger and blame your parents and no matter how much you want to point the finger and blame everyone around you for the things that they've done you realize how much pain you are perpetually attracting by pointing the finger. You realize how much pain you are attracting to you by being so identified with the pain that you haven't healed. And the only way to detach from it is to heal it. It's to see it, acknowledge it, feel it, and let it pass through. And it starts with that image of your childhood self. It starts with the purest part of your being and who you are. And it is really the root of which everything begins to heal. And you can really do that shadow work and I will cover a lot more on your inner child and methods for healing. This was just really the groundwork and introduction into it all because I do feel like this topic deserves quite a bit of honor. It deserves quite a bit of dedication because it is so much of my healing and it is so much of what I have known works when it comes to healing and so much of what I've been taught in my therapeutic practice. And I know that not everyone has access or resources to therapy, but if you do, it is really so essential. It is so essential to have someone who holds you accountable. It is so essential to have a dedicated time every week to talk to someone. It is so essential to be committed to your healing and growth to the point where you are willing to see someone every week, every other week, every two weeks, and discuss where you are in life and what things are still coming up for you. And- it is the truest commitment that you can make to your healing is finding a therapist and getting in therapy. So I really recommend it because so much of what I've learned has been in the facilitation with a therapist. But I do think that having this groundwork and having this understanding of yourself and being committed to your healing enough to do the work on your own will prepare you better for if you are wanting to get in therapy later on in your life or if you're not ready. If you are taking any steps at all, it's something to be proud of, and it's commendable, and to know that you are deserving of happiness and love to the point where you want to heal the parts of you that don't feel that way is a true brave step in the right direction, and I will be here to guide you along the way as best as I can. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. This is going to be a series, and this is really the first step into the process is acquainting with that childhood self of yours and doing it from a very intentional standpoint of this is the groundwork this is the foundation that you need to be able to truly heal from top to bottom and if you want to create more in your life and you want abundance to flow to you these are the parts of yourself that are still in that lack mentality. And before you are able to get into that abundance mindset, you need to heal the lack. And it starts with that compassion for your inner self, for your inner child, for all parts of who you are, and really feeling that that part of you is the part of you today and the part of you in the future and that all parts of you are truly deserving. And in order to do that, you need to go back to the voices in your head and the conditions that were around you that told you that you weren't and do some patchwork, do some restitching and clear those energies that are stuck inside of your body and allow you to truly flourish and evolve into the next version of self and healing is a lifelong process healing is something that you will have to be committed to because you're never going to be done there's always going to be something that comes up and there's always going to be a trigger that unleashes an unearthed part of you you didn't realize hasn't been healed yet but your job is simply to be equipped with the proper tools and resources to know that anything that comes your way whether it be a trigger from the past or a new event that comes and shakes you to your core for you to know that you have the grounds to get through it and it's part of building strength in yourself knowing that you've always been strong. I will leave some journal prompts in the description below if you're curious for just opening this dialogue up with yourself and I will also link some meditations that I've used in the past to connect to my inner child and if you really don't know where to start, that's a really good place to start if you're very new to this. But if you liked this episode, please leave a review, tell me your thoughts, rate the podcast, reach out to me on Instagram. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for what you want to hear next, I also give spiritual advice and self-help advice in shorter form on TikTok. If you didn't find me there, my TikTok is also linked below. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then you don't have a life. You have an act. So. Go and live your fucking life. I will. See you guys next Sunday. You gotta look for the redeeming feature. You gotta look for things to appreciate. You gotta find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've gotta strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. No, that's inevitable. Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job. That if you're going to get that love and that respect, that you just so, lo- that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself.